When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. A very, very warm day outside, so what we've done is we've shut ourselves in a little room to talk about Scottish football, because that seems like a really sensible and logical thing for us all to do. If you hear any thuds throughout the podcast, it is because one of us has dropped dead. Uh, so don't worry about it, we will carry on, we will continue to provide content as best we can. Uh, we are in Glasgow Southside, um, I am joined today by Craig Anderson. Hello. And Tom Watt. Hello. It has been a... Interesting weekend, I think it's safe yeah. to say. There's been yeah. a, a time of the year when, when everything seems kind of done and dusted. There's still plenty of things happening, which is quite exciting. Um, and also, a heartfelt congratulations to our broth, who managed to seal the title last weekend, but I've not been on, so yeah, up to our broth. <laughs> um, the good people there. Uh, we'll start the weekend, um, as the weekend started really, with Hearts 1, Rangers 3, uh, as Defoe, Jack and Katic uh, saw Rangers well out of sight, very comfortably, uh, before Stephen McLean managed to get it right up his da. Um, so, <laughs> what are thoughts on Hearts and so, Rangers? So, to start with McLean, this must be like the biggest, longest running excuse in world football, where Stephen McLean decided to go to a ban by pretending that he was doing the get it right up with his dad <laughs> and he's now kind of just content I'm pretty sure that's the case the and now he's committed to the bit and he does it for every single goal he scores um, and at some point he's going to I think we're going to get a tell-all when, you know, when he releases uh, highly sought after autobiography in 10 years time we'll find out that it was indeed just a bit um, he was just getting it back to Tommy Wright yeah. <laughs> definitely back to Tommy Wright isn't it um, but yeah it was, uh, it was a very dull game just Exactly what you would have expected from a Hearts v Rangers game. Uh, I went out before the, the killer game with my mum and dad um, just, just for a kind of pub lunch and normally I'd be kind of sitting somewhere where I'd be quite keen to see the Scottish game but there was um, um, Man City Spurs was on as well and I was like let's just get us in front of that one and have Rangers and Hearts on <laughs> kind of at the side because you knew what was going to happen. There was absolutely no um, no doubt that Rangers were going to win that game. Yeah, I mean, Hearts one point from eight games against Rangers in the last few years. Um, it was one of those ones where it was quite difficult to tell whether Rangers were really, really good because I think they looked much more fluid than they have at any point without Morelos this season. I think the midfield seemed to work. Uh, Jack Kamara Davis, Arfield kind of sort of playing out wide but left his own devices, looked like there was much more fluency and they had definitely had the legs on the Hearts midfield which you know was was pretty ponderous at the best times Claire injured and um, uh, it's, it's one of my favourite things in football because particularly Scottish football because it's such a small pool of people that are involved in it as soon as there's any story of somebody being injured <laughs> it's immediately because he's on the can it's a scandal it's abnormal yeah um, but they really missed hearing they really missed a physical presence in the middle and it just meant that, that um, Rangers just kind of swarm all over them and, and pressure them and although it was 3-1 it was much more comfortable than that for Rangers from what I saw um, as well as that it's, it, this has also been entirely ruined by uh, uh, I was about to say friend of the podcast but it's not really right but it was ruined by Joe Sked <laughs> essentially um, who earlier on today put out an article saying that what Hearts should do is embrace being a long ball team because they're not 
um, which was ex- entirely what I was going to talk about. So <laughs> that's good. But again, we'll, we'll do it in any case. Um, and the, yeah, Hearts should fully embrace being a long ball team because at the moment they're not particularly. Um, it was something that um, Stuart was talking about on sport on on uh, sports scene, talking about Hearts do quite well in retaining the ball and retaining the ball and then humping it forward. That's not. I don't think like at the moment for Hearts, particularly given that you've got what three games until the Scottish Cup final now, four games until the mm-hmm. Scottish Cup final. Hearts need to find some sort of way of playing against Celtic in order to try and get a result. Um, we'll talk about Celtic later on and quite how dull they are at the moment. And there is an opportunity for somebody to go out all hell for leather against Celtic. Essentially, I imagine uh, in the last Old Firm game of the season, which looks more and more like it could come down to be a title decider, I would imagine at that point Rangers are fully going to go hell for leather at it in, in a way that they did in the first Old Firm game of the season at Ibrox when they chase them all over the pitch Hearts probably have the bodies available to do that um, if you go and start to look at Motherwell last season or Livingston this season where you have again looking at a back three you're looking at wing backs and looking at Uchi who single handedly keeps about three or four defenders occupied at any one point if you play him against Celtic and then he's up against Simunovic or Boyata or Ayer, at the very least you're occupying it one of them for the rest of the time. Hearts, at this point for me, absolutely have to play into that and just go straight for it. Go blood and thunder for it. Hunt it to Uche every opportunity because he will at least win half of them at this point, it looks like. Um, and then get your midfielders to get up and around them um, and just fully go for it. Um, it, it, seems, yeah, it seems to me like Levine, obviously, has kind of over his career had most of his success playing that way with Hearts, with Dundee United, um, obviously not with Scotland. Um but the um, the thing that the hardest midfielders to me don't buy aren't buying into this. No. Like you don't see we is the type of player that should be. He's got energy. You can, you can tell that from some of the performance earlier this season. You don't see players like that really getting off the yeah. off the forward very much. Um, Naismith is, was so important to that because he, he kind of provided that link. So. He was always about this, being and being buzzing around the midfield is very much Stephen Naismith's yeah. natural. You describe a player's natural game running about is, is Stephen Naismith's natural game. The, the problem is your heart with Levine, you're the what, fourth best paying club in the country, probably. It is not beyond your abilities to be able to sign more than just Stephen Naismith who can run. You're not looking at you're not trying to sign amazing footballers. Yeah. You're trying to sign guys that can buy into a system, and, and Levine's completely failed to do that. Like the constant persistence with Craig White and fuck me, <laughs> he, he's just not. <laughs> at no point in his career has he shown any ability to play at this level. It's kind of like a guy getting getting a promotion from his job after like continually clocking in late and like fuck, I don't know sitting at his desk doing nothing all day. And I then, always I always felt that Whiten was obviously Whiten is revered by Dundee fans because of what he did. Because he relegated Dundee United at Dens Park, which is the, is the thing that everyone remembers. But my feeling on Whiten was very much that, yes, he was talented, but Dundee fans kind of clung to him. Because at the same time, Dundee United had Armstrong, had Gold, had Mackay Stephen, had Chifchi, had all these great footballers who were coming through. And I kind of felt that Dundee fans clung to Whiten and saying, oh, he's just the same as them. And he, he never has been. And all, he certainly never will be at this point either. Um I think there might be something there, but again, it's gone on far too long at this point. The problem is, when he leaves Dundee, it's the worst move he can make because he's not going to get a run of games. If he goes to Livingston or something, he maybe gets a run of games if he goes down to the Championship and plays for Falkirk. If he stays in Dundee. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It just just didn't work out. But everyone could see it. A mile off, there was absolutely nobody. Maybe Robert Bothwick, uh, (laughs) Comical Alley style, uh, defending defending every decision Hearts make. But... uh, we, um, but everyone knew it was it was a bad deal at the time, um, and I know Robert did as well. It was just uh, a, a friendly jab, but uh, it just, yeah, just everything about that Hearts team doesn't work. Um, to move on to Rangers, they're just good. At, I mean, fundamentally, are they lots better than last season? No, but are they better? Yes, yeah. they are. Gerard has improved them. Has he improved them enough that I think they're realistically going to stop nine in a row? No. Could he stop ten in a row? Maybe. Like, they're incrementally signing better and better players every year that they've been in the league. They need a big step still. They're, they're still, they're still, they've not got a single player um, in their squad that's got the quality of a, a Forrest or a McGregor. Um, they, don't, they don't have a, they don't have the guy that you can always rely on. Yeah. And Celtic have currently three, four, three or four of them. Um, 
someone like Defoe comes in and, and he's a kind of good impact and he's obviously he's, he's going to be a, a funny one because his record speaks for itself he's scored a lot of goals but I think he'll be kind of remembered a bit like Robbie Keane was at Celtic where he's kind of come in scored goals well, of course he's going to score goals he's, he's what, has been at some point in his life one of the best forwards in the world of course he's going to score goals but he's not dragged the team through He's he scored goals against Hearts in a comfortable win. He's not when it mattered in the Scottish yeah, Cup quarter final yeah. against Aberdeen. Big games. He's not done it. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think a lot of it will come down. I mean, it, a lot of it was was kind of managing expectations when he arrived. It was it was rightly or wrongly at the very least it was left as he's coming in so that there's a big push in the second half of the season to win things, mm. and nothing is you know they're not going to win anything. He wasn't really able to be the viable plan B in matches where Morelos wasn't fit and available and not suspended, uh, which he needed to be. I mean, I think what 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 was slightly different about this game is they Rangers set up slightly differently and they played to his strengths. They they played a lot more. They they pushed up more. They played through the middle. He was allowed to play on the shoulder rather than just effectively playing, trying to play the same game as they did with with Morales. I mean, they got uh, weirdly they got Rangers got an awful lot out of John Flanagan, who has largely been anonymous at best. But I thought he had a good game. I thought the fullbacks were um, were very effective. The the combination of Ryan Jack and and Kamara looked both solid defensively. They understood each other. They complimented each other and let the players in front of them Candace especially Um, I I think the the two of them are vital as well because they are as you say with Flanagan the way in which those two are developing allows both fullbacks to get forward in a way that they haven't really up until this point earlier in the season guys like Koulibaly were fine when the ball was around them but as the whole range of shape was it was detrimental um, playing that way I mean well Rajak's now got his Best goal scoring season. I think he's. I mean, it's not huge amounts of right over. <laughs> fourth of the season is his best of his career so so far. I think what I mean, to, kind of to tie in with with what you're saying as well. Every player that Rangers have been linked with is a very good player. Every player that they've been linked with, you're like, yep, yeah, that's that's a very good signing. I don't know if there's anyone yet where you're like, that's going to take them on another level. Yeah, and it, it, you know, potentially they they'll be losing players that will be harder to replace than the ones that they're bringing in to, to kick them on the level that they they need to be where they want to be. So from Tynecastle, we'll head over to the Thunderdome um, of Rugby Park, uh, where Kilmarnock went down one nothing to a, a, a Scott McKenna uh, header um, and saw three players sent off. Yeah, nothing to see there. <laughs> Quiet one. Um, I mean, I was, I was just looking at kind of the, the stats on this. Now, obviously, I was happier with the results than Craig was. Um, these games have been wars all season. All four of these games have been like outright wars. So in the four matches this season, there has been a total of 15 shots on target in four <laughs> games. 133 fouls in four games. 22 bookings, five red cards. And you bring into this a referee who in the last five games has uh, sent five people off and dished out 30 bookings. I think there's certainly potential for uh, things to go awry there. And, and they certainly did. Um, so, so my take, um, Aberdeen put out, a, I mean, they were very short in numbers, so they, they were kind of stuck with what they had. They put out a very, very physical team. Uh, you saw them lining up before the game, and every single one of them, with the exception of probably Stevie May, was giant. They, they put out a big team. Um, Kelly are, are by no means shrinking violets, but you can see the kind of slight difference in height um, along the lineup when you see Chris Burke and Greg Taylor standing there, <laughs> and then you see um, Aberdeen. And I thought McKinnis got his tactics uh, eleven v eleven absolutely spot on. They completely nullified Kelly. Kelly had Kelly couldn't get on the ball every time um, Backman had the ball, every time the defenders or every time Backman had the ball, they were pre- he was pressed. They, they were marking the fullbacks, marking the defenders, keeping pressed high up the park. Every time the ball came near the defenders, they were getting pressed. They weren't getting time to pass it into the midfield. And that meant that um, Dicker, Power, Malumbu never got on the ball. They, they, they were anonymous, the three of them. They, they didn't have bad games. They just, they just didn't get on the ball. Um, Burke couldn't get, get any service. Um, Mackenzie got on the ball a bit more. But again, that was probably deliberate. Because you can get more than he's good. He's not going to let you down. But he's not going to create much. 
um, Brophy was, was likewise kept quiet. So McInnes got it absolutely spot on and I, the game from about 10 minutes in had the real feeling to me of a 0-0 draw. Like, it, it just felt like that. It felt like Aberdeen were... were fair, but both teams were not too disappointed with a 0-0 draw. They thought, well, we'll, we'll get away with this and then we've got four games yeah. to, to get through. Just don't lose yeah, the don't, don't, yeah. um Now, obviously, I, I felt like Kelly was starting to get into it a wee bit more because Kelly cre- created absolutely nothing. Neither had Aberdeen, really. I think they had a, a half-chance... Um, Someone, uh, McKenna was put wide from a mm-hmm. from a free kick, um, but there was nothing happening. And then um, Kelly just got a couple of half chances. Brophy had one straight at the keeper, and then the first red card came. And then at that point, Kelly obviously had to change it up. And I actually thought McKenna's didn't adapt very well to that. Even when it was eleven v nine, the game was the exact same pattern as it had been at eleven v eleven, which was Kelly. Humping balls forward because their defenders were getting pressed, and they were sometimes running the knockdowns. Because they had no settled half steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so there was to some extent the, the game plan worked to begin with, and he, and he never changed it. And, and okay, he got he, no, not got away with it's the wrong phrase, but he, he he got the result he wanted. You can't criticise him too much, but it was a very funny game. And that even at eleven v nine, Kelly looked every bit as likely to score as he did at eleven v eleven. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the the, the What's kind of worrying about that from a Aberdeen perspective for the rest of the season is they're so short on numbers, and this is entirely down to terrible transfer policy. Right, right. He hasn't wanted to play Stephen Gleeson. He's forced into playing Stephen Gleeson. He was fine. Yeah, I did. I was looking back through pictures of the game, and I had to go check the squad list because I didn't know who. I genuinely didn't know who that Who's was. Who's that guy? <laughs> Multiply caps. Yeah, international really, really odd. Like, who is that man? I don't know who that man is. But like, he hasn't wanted to play. But there's been a problem at, at right back, and hasn't wanted to play Halford. Even though he's brought Halford in, had Halford got yeah, on, yeah. Ethan Ross got on, and it's just so short of uh, of numbers that. It's very difficult to see how they change games, but you know they they it, and a really interesting game from the point of view that um, it, I don't think any of the individual decisions were like so scandalously bad that they're you know yeah. they're it, I mean, the, the evening uh, evening times described Steve Clark as crucifying the referee, which is very is he still, is he still, yeah. so you know good, good to see. I don't think any one individual decision merited crucifixion, but there were like six flashpoints that are just not balanced. It, it just it just the whole game was one of those where there's there's wee niggly incidents going on. Broadfoot and Cosgrove were involved all the way through the game. He never did enough to just. Put a, wee, put a wee stamp on it just to say none of this and so it kind of escalated both teams were getting pissed off with these decisions and, and Aberdeen had situations where they could be disappointed I mean the Cosgrove's first yellow card for example if it was a persistent foul then fair enough because he probably had three or four by then but he didn't say that and, mm. and there, was, there wasn't a lot in it but there was just those little things that were building up and building up and even coming up to 11 v 9 probably five minutes to go Kelly get a half a chance to go on a break um Liam Miller was rushing down the right wing. Now, there weren't any players up. It was, by the definition of, by this game, by yeah. the kind of context of the game, it was a half chance for Kelly. In a normal <laughs> game, it was like 15% of a chance at most. He then pulled the game back together, fell to Kelly on the edge of her own box for fuck all. Yeah. For, yeah. And, and, and it was just after that, when Chris Boyd literally came on the park, jumped up for a header, knocked somebody over and got booked within 30 seconds of being on the park for yeah. an innocuous... Just wee things like that were just pissing people off. And that's when these things happen. It doesn't happen in isolation. Cosgrove, he was booked. The challenge on Findlay, the um, Findlay, challenge on whoever it was, was a yellow card. I didn't have any problem with people around me pissed off. I didn't have any problem with him not being sent off for that because I think there, there should be, in some senses, a higher bar to get sent off than just your first dodgy You've tackle just, been, just yeah, after you've been booked yeah. when the first booking itself is a wee bit harsh but then he gets involved with immediately after that he gets involved with Finlay on the edge of the box the two of them are pushing and shoving mm-hmm. and, and that's 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 the one of the decisions that I found very odd and the two of them are pulling each other around but Finlay gets booked that's yeah, it, it's shite bag refereeing because yeah. it's I'm not going to send this player off if you're not going to send fin, if you're not going to send Cosgrove off you can't book Finlay yeah. it's, 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 it's shite bag behaviour 
And then it's in, a perfect opportunity to de-escalate yeah, everything. Say, just okay, calm down, guys. Get the cap, get the caps in order. Make a big, make a big scene of yeah. calming everything down. He never tried that at any point, and then immediately from that, Broad, Broadford gets sent off. I personally don't. If that was an, an incident in isolation where someone gets sent off for it, you'd go, well, you can kind of justify it. But having had all that gone before, mm. it wasn't a blatant red card that he had to give. It, it just made no sense to to chuck that in there. The My feeling was that not the, 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 the reaction of the Aberdeen player said a lot to me, which was that straight after the challenge, not much. And then I felt like we saw an opportunity. <laughs> and both teams were doing this through the game crowd the referee and, yeah. and make something of the incident. You saw around um, Cosgrove's first yellow, mm. about five Cali players were straight over because the referee hadn't stopped that by then. And, and the same with Aberdeen and they all ran over. It made it made it a kind of, from a calm situation, yeah. turned it into a heated one and, it, and the, the red card comes immediately out. Broadfoot, he's, he's going for the ball. It's a loose ball that's there to be won. He definitely goes high, but it's, it's there's no pace on it. There's no... Well, it's not under control. Yeah, in addition, violent. for it's me, not. if it's Finlay, it does that. He doesn't get put yeah, off. No, I, I think, think if it's, uh, because it's Broadfoot again. Mm. I think because it's Broadfoot, that's part of the reason why he gets put off because he has twenty years of being a shit man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right as well, and it just uh, it was just that was um, bad enough. Even at that, as I say, Kelly coped with that. It wasn't terrible. Finlay's second yellow absolutely was a second yellow. Yep. No complaints about that. Um, he fucked up and gave the ball away, which was. They were chasing the game. Had to yeah. make make things happen. That was fine. Um, and then the McKenzie one is just like it's just it's just not a red card. There's just no violent conduct is excessive, um, excessive yeah. or brutal force. Yeah. Oh, sorry, excessive force or brutality. At worst, it has like a wee flick. Yeah. And again, if it was a ninetieth minute of a game where it was eleven v eleven, and he sent him off for that, and you go, oh, that's a bit harsh. To, to do that when you've already sent two players from that team off, what the fuck is going on in here? Yeah. Like, like, as a referee, I'm not I'm not encouraging referees to be, kind of, to back out of giving big yeah. decisions if they think it's a clear red card. Or, or, red making, card, the, or making decisions solely on the basis of what's gone before yeah. in a game. But, but at least why it has make, to be, there's some make, sort of context to it. Why you know? make life harder for yourself for no reason? There was nothing in it. It, it just And it just escalates things further. Now, obviously, the game is, is finished. It made, no, it made no difference to the game. Except that Kelly are now potentially going to Celtic Park next week, minus, well, definitely minus Finlay. Don't think Broadfoot will appeal his, which he'll be out for three games. So McKenzie will probably win an appeal, I think. You don't yeah, know, yeah, but yeah, um, it, it just it, it just was a referee needs to have a cool head in that situation, and he, he lost his head. Um, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I think um, Clark was wrong to say he shouldn't um, referee Kelly games again, because I think if you go down that path, Stephen McLean's. Dad played for Kelly. His brother played for Rangers. Mother will Dundee United. I, 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 don't, I definitely don't have that. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I definitely yeah. don't have that tweet with me earlier this year already. Uh, up. <laughs> you can't say that because it's just that like, that stage not going to referee any games. I mean, it might, it might not be a bad thing. But <laughs> Stephen McLean used to um, be, a, be a pretty good referee, and I actually think Clark was was on the money a little bit in that he. Um, got taken off the FIFA list and he, he's trying to get himself back on by showing something yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah you know trying to prove Making himself yeah. yeah um I, I don't think he's out to make headlines but I think he's out to prove himself he's like I'm a strong referee but, I, I don't but in doing that in, in going out to sort of make a, put a stamp on yeah. the game and to lay down the law a law early on it turned what was I mean, it was exactly the same game that has so happened three contest, times. It was, it was exactly contest. the same game yeah, that's yeah, happened three times already yeah. this season, where it's like niggly and physical, and but both teams are kind of all right with yeah, what's yeah, happening. Change it, but the the difference being the referee completely lost control. Yeah, if Bobby Madden refereed that game, or and I'm not even, I'm not even particularly Bobby Madden's referee. Mm-hmm. Bobby, even if. Bobby Madden, Willie Collin, Craig Thompson referee that game. It's a completely different story mm-hmm. in, in both teams. They might be pissed off a wee bit at the ref, but you don't get that nonsense. It's they, just... they either, either be strong and make it clear in the first 10-15 minutes that this is not going to be how it's going to play, or let 22 folk fight each other. Yeah. And and with, with within within reason, so there was an aggressive game. It wasn't a, it wasn't yeah. a dirty game. It wasn't people going to hurt each other. No. It was just two I mean, given, given what 
given what there were red cards given for, if you had and you know if you had applied the same letter of the lot, then like Devlin could easily have been off because it was almost exactly the same. Yeah, it wasn't a red off. card, but it was, it was, it was almost almost identical. Exactly yeah. the same thing. Um, um, Cosgrove could have been off. Boyd, Boyd could, have could have been off. off. And others could have been off. I think at one uh, point you just go like settle. I think McLennan got booked and then put in a aerial challenge very similar to to Boyd's one. I guess it's not the yellow card. There's no, yeah. but at what point it, it just it just was. And yeah, I don't, so I don't. It's almost like the referee as game manager yeah, just, rather than just applying the law I, as he sees it at the point. Like, yeah, think about. You don't that. have a responsibility to keep twenty two men on the pitch, but you do have a responsibility to just get everyone to calm the fuck down. Yeah, it's like people say, "Oh, the, the referee wanted to be the centre of attention." I've I've been there. I've been on that part. You don't want to be the centre of attention. You want to, you want to come off the park and uh, get a few handshakes, get in your car, and drive home, and nobody else. You don't want to put a chair over your dressing room door just in case, which I had to do a couple of times. Not, 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 not because, not because you, not because someone is going to be violent, but, but because just, it's Oh, well, just, just in, just in case. You don't want to do that. You want to just get, get it done. Be happy if you make a big call and you have to. Have it. But I don't. So I don't think it was about that. I think, I think, I think Clark is right that the. Um, the pressure of refereeing Kelly as a problem for him. Um, we've seen that, and that was gone both ways. And Clark said that he, he mentioned he referenced the Dundee game where where we got obviously a, a very soft penalty, um, which which we, cost Neil McCann his job. Yeah, because Neil McCann would would still be um, <laughs> Dundee would probably be challenging for for fifth at the moment. Otherwise, um, yeah, it, ju- it just yeah, it was just uh, one of those games where you feel you go away from it. Kelly may well have lost that game. Bit, bit like the Hearts game actually earlier in the season where, where Dicker got sent off. You go away from it, your team's lost a game, but you, you feel a bit empty, not because you've lost, but because you you don't know what... It's a bit short change. The, yeah, you don't yeah. know what the outcome would have been. And it's, it's a huge game for us. I, I am very concerned that Hibs are going to um, end up catching us now in um, what will probably still be a fantastic season or almost kind of end on a bit of a, a damp squib. Mm. Um, I, I mean, even though a, a few of my f- uh, friends that went to the game... Even though they won, there was a sense of like, what have I just yeah. seen? <laughs> you were saying, obviously, you know, decisions were going Aberdeen's way and uh, Kelly players were getting sent off, but every single time there was any kind of altercation or any t- time the ball was up, they were like, this could be a red card. Yeah, you don't... We have no idea what's going on. And... No idea. And the, it was like, it was just, it was described as nothing that they yeah, ever seen M- before. Sort of numbness afterwards. Post-match interview kind of summed it up where he was like, he kind of got asked about it and, and he, he kind of couldn't talk about the football and then he, you know, he started going on about how um, he's been coming to Rugby Park for 30 years and he's never seen an atmosphere like it and, you know, being very positive and you know that he feels like he's got, not got away with one, but you know that from that that he's kind of like, well, what, what did I say here? Like, I mean, we, we, we won the game, of course we did, and, and it was a great header from um, from Big Trump Boy. But um, <laughs> it, it just uh, I, I, I was always going to be a set piece that sort of settled the game, and um, I, I believe I think will go on and finish for that. I think I think they, they deserve it to be honest. Um, I think they've, they've um, by their own standards not been as good, but they've been so consistent, and, and they're a very good team. So, going from one very good team to one that's not, uh, St Johnston 2, Dundee 0. Uh, goals from Scott Tanzer and Hen- Callum Hendry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> real brain fit. Uh, Callum Hendry, um, pretty much relegating Dundee. Yeah, I think that's them. I think that's them done. I mean, if you can't get the <coughs> act together against this St Johnston team, who I think, what, so I've got seven points from 12 games. And both of those wins came against Dundee. Well, Dundee, yeah, Dundee haven't haven't scored against St Johnston. Have lost every game to St Johnston this season. I mean, St Johnston looked so so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim James looked like Dundee's best player. I mean, certainly from the highlights, looked like the, the uh, their their best player by a country mile. Um, that I had only two clubs in the last ten years have conceded more than seventy goals in a tough light season. At the moment, Dundee and Hamilton are both on seventy. <laughs> Cali Thistle in 2016-17 71 yeah. so Dundee and Hamilton are definitely going to be that the only other one was Dunfermline in 2011-12 who were horrendously bad and managed by Jim McIntyre Jim McIntyre the number one in two that spots that was the Dunfermline team that nearly dropped back out of business again because they forecast that coming back to the top flight would get them an extra thousand 
through the gate a week. Um, <laughs> you're fucking losing every week. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, uh, we're recording this right now. There are uh, via Gary more than <laughs> chatter that, that Matt and Tyler might actually go today. Um, which, given again from from what Gary was saying about the Dundee fans during the game, before, during, and after the game, wouldn't be any great shock. Um, and at this point. It's too late. It's something, well, it's something they've done at least twice before in recent years, which they brought him in Bomber um, this season. That they, they see, I was very near the end of the season, and he got it was a bit earlier than this, and then they did it with yeah. um, they did it with um, McCann. Yeah, uh, they, they, they launched Hartley and brought in McCann at a very similar time in the season. You just have to try something to get a reaction. Yeah, um, yeah. At this point, at this point, they look absolutely doomed. And you've got both. even you've got players being substituted onto the pitch to booze. Like you're not even you're not even kicked a ball yet. Like Martin Woods coming on and getting roundly and lustily booed yeah. by the Dundee support. Um, not a great, not a great way to play again. Um, not not magic fun for them, I would imagine. No, I mean even if even if Dundee win all their remaining games, they'll finish the season on thirty points, and it's, normally yeah. that's enough to go down. Um, well, there's been teams. Um, I'm sure Inverness spoke about went down with like yeah. thirty-seven or thirty-eight points um, one season, and and there's. Yeah, it's just it's just been because it's, it's it's kind of affected the top end. Where I'm looking at the totals that teams usually get, like the total the tally that Kelly have now has usually been enough historically yeah. to finish fourth. I don't think I don't think anyone's ever got fifty nine points. So I think Kelly last season are the only team that's got fifty nine points and not finished fourth this season. Yeah. Teams will four. I think five teams will get to sixty points in the league, and well, I mean Hearts. Got twenty three points with a fifteen point. <laughs> 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 They've got eighteen, so it's not great. I think, yeah, I mean the Livy team that went down, like the worst. Yeah. They they finished on eighteen. Well, I think they're, they're still not they're still not um, match Gretna yet. Yeah, um, well, they were, I think yeah. Gretna were twenty two. Um, so they they got minus ten. They finished with twelve. I think. Um, so yeah, they're just, they're just iconically bad. Like it's yeah. just like a team that will go down in, in memory. Craig Fowler, um, remember at the start of the season, said they were um, a striker away from the top six. It's funny as well. the championship, maybe? <laughs> all the teams you mentioned. Who's on the striker? Lewandowski and the All the teams you mentioned, like the Gretna, the Livingston, they were, again, there's a group of Puna sort of iconically bad, and all the way throughout the season, you knew those teams were going down. But Dundee, at this point, still could theoretically get their way out of it. And it's incredible that they've got this stage in the season and they're not already cut adrift and not already. I mean, this, this, this is the first time all season that somebody's looked that step up, yeah. that step away. Um, but I just, I, I find it astonishing looking at them and just in terms of just how bad they are. And even as bad as they are, you look at them and go, well, they're not a million miles from being okay. Like again, the, the idea of Andy Nelson, again, who's the guy who's every time you look at Dundee, he's the only one that looks capable of scoring a goal. And he's not played up front with Miller at all. Who's the other guy in the Dundee team? You, if you're going to pick a, a team of eleven bodies to go out and run and try and win a game, at the very least, going out and contest the game. Miller's your guy. Nelson's your guy. Wright came back into the team again. He's a, a little bit of quality in there. The guy Hedenius, who has been Dundee, were, I realise it's an odd start, but Dundee were unbeaten with Hedenius in the team, and he's not been seen since. He's, he's just vanished completely and altogether. And all these things swirling around, all again, kind of. I know it's a very football fan thing to do to just sit and poke point at the manager, but when you lose what nine games in a row, or whatever it is, it's just uh, who else are you point at from St Johnston. Well done, they won a game. Um, I like it when players suddenly produce something you had no idea they were capable of, like Scott Tanzer did with that free kick. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen. I remember um, Kevin McGowan playing for Kelly and. All of a sudden, when he was like in his mid thirties, he just started stepping up and curling free kicks. So Chris Barker as well. Yeah, and it's just like oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Have you just been playing behind somebody that's really good at free kicks for the rest of your career? Uh, Age thirty three decides to tape, stay back in training. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just can't face going home. Um, but yeah, so um, that was a nice goal, and, and Hendry um, Hendry looked like a game. He played against Kelly last week, and he was hopeless. Um, like he just a big a big. Um, Really nice turn. Yeah, really you know nice what I mean. And he looked like, but you just saw me. He looked like a big dumpling. He looked like he was just like a big, massive guy jumping into headers and all arms and elbows. But there he looked classy. So it'd be interesting if he, he sent an imposter down. It'll be part of the week before. But um, <laughs> again, everything it's Dundee. Right? It's Dundee, and everything has that. Just saw it's Dundee. Yeah, and Dundee have a 
wider problem, I think, in that if they're... I mean, I think they look done. I think the fact that they went against the uh, St. Johnson side that just can't, see, you know, have nothing to play for and are kind of coasting into the end of the season having been on a horrendous run themselves. Dundee, look at Partick Thistle. Yeah. Because Dundee do not have a lot of quality. They're they don't even losing... Have a lot of, they don't even have a lot of their own players. Yeah, they're losing an awful lot of players that, uh, at the end of this season and face a rebuild regardless of what happens next season. And there are some good sides in the championship. Yeah. And, it, you know, you could you, you look at the way the, 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 the tables is this season that there's basically those fighting for promotion Dunfermline and the rest and Dundee could uh, are not far off the rest in terms of the quality of the score we may get some good uh, good Dundee United players after the Meldra though so <laughs> <laughs> and again just coming back to that it's, Dundee looking to pick up guys like, I understand Mike Tars picking up guys that he's looked the guys that he's worked with before but Craig Curran my god every time I watch like, you never you will never score in a million years which is set up from a score on Saturday, nailed on. But every time I watch it, like, you look really, you're working so hard, but you've got about three shots on target in your entire <laughs> career. Not a chance. Um, moving on from there, uh, we will head to the Stadium of Hope, I think. Yeah, they the really changed it. the season. Yes, very much so. A very, a, a very Easter, a very Easter, sun, a very Easter weekend, as... Uh, Liam Grimshaw decided to keep Hamilton Aki's in the top flight. <laughs> if you've ever seen like these videos from like our Romania where yeah. it's the last day of the season and there's like some accusations of match fixing, that's exactly what, what it looked like. Whatever, it's like. whatever the Romanian for Biscotti yeah. was. <laughs> and it's like mother, our mother was so desperate to keep uh, Hamilton in the league for some, some more not derbies next season that yeah. they're, uh, they're willing to do that because. It is, a, it is a really bold uh, step for your content strategy to say, do you know what we need for our content strategy for Aki's to be in the league, so let's keep them in there. <laughs> I also think it's amazing that every, every place and every person looks better when the sun's out, except for the Hamilton pitch, which suddenly yeah. goes into some sort of like vinyl, like PVC it, it, wasn't, it looks like FIFA 97. It does. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just the one colour. Yeah, it's like, it, it wasn't a good day to have three um, games on plastic pitches at the weekend. I know it's that when I was watching highlights. Like, every single one of them was like reflecting <laughs> the sun yeah. back into the, the lens. It was, uh... Uh, yeah, we Motherwell took the lead um, with a, a nice finish from David Tumble, who Daddy McKinnon just fell over because he was standing. He, he, I, I think he just got too startled by David Tumble being so much better than with a footballer. Um, so just fell over when he was near him uh, on the end of a left-footed Liam Grimshaw cross from the right-hand side. Which, none of that made any sense. He's had a weirdly almost underrated season. I mean, for... Uh, I mean, he's only 19 and yep. 10. I think the first teenager to get double figures since Stephen Naismith. That's a great start. I think. Um, um, and yeah. still somehow, like, you know, obviously highly regarded by the Motherwell fans and and people are aware of who he is. But it's not like he's being talked about for the, like, the league... Wide yeah. awards or 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 a Scotland squad. Or a Scotland squad. <laughs> there exactly. was uh, an article today in the Sun, which I saw just before we started, which was I think it's Tom Aldred saying that David Turnbull's just as good as Jake Hasty. I'm oh, sorry, mate. David Turnbull has just finished the Motherwell Player of the Year awards dinner with the need to buy a new fucking mantelpiece because he's won. <laughs> he won every single. It was young player. Goal of the season. Player of the season. Everything. He has every single award that Motherwell's Player of the Year dinner had. And is entirely justified. I dropped this in the group chat the other day to no response. I presumed it was just me, um, but yeah, fully on that as well. Like, he is incredible. Um, oh, so, sorry, Graham. Some of us have uh, were on holiday. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't spend my holiday talking about Motherwell. I spend my holiday uh, googling football scores to prove a point on the internet. That's fine. Uh, but there's there, uh, there's a Motherwell fan tweeted the other day, just like just enjoy this because we're not going to see the likes of him ever again. And I fully fully agree with it. He is an astonishing footballer. There was a point, and I realised like one moment in a game doesn't really matter. There's a point in the first half where he just saw the uh, he saw Richard Tate make a, a sort of half a burst from left back. He stood the opposite side of the pitch, just popped it off his chest and volleyed it first time with outside of his right foot straight onto Richard Tate's on rushing. It was like there's like it's a video one of like the Marcelo videos where he just pings it cross field <laughs> and the boy takes it in stride. Tate almost fell over it because the ball was so good. I think it's when you get guys like this that, that you watch them and then you're like, 
your your teammate just just I'm not on. Yeah. I, remember, I remember when Eremenko came to kill him, you were sometimes seeing him playing these passes, and you're like, oh, he's fucking looking at Jamie Hamill here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and but I mean, and he made everyone better. And, and Turnbull was just one of those players. The bottom thing he do, Motherwell, and I'm surprised. Um, I'm surprised the social media team have not been all over it. It's given like one of these like nicknames, yeah. like no. the Italians and the Spanish are really yeah. good at it. They're calling them like the El little, Mago, yeah, yeah, the little P, the little yeah. magician, the little. Uh, what mini steel? What, what's the like? Get this some 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 war yeah, yeah, some <laughs> nickname like that, and then get it catching on. It'll be it'll be a YouTube sensation. What I was going to suggest is just go on a live scout, clip out all of these little moments because there's about ten a game, so take you fifteen minutes, and then just put make up some really bad like European trance. Oh, I was going to say classical. You get nah, that? Nah, it's got to be it's got to be Euro trance because it's from the levy. Ah. Um, so yeah, just some Euro trance over the top of it. Just and just it. stick it on you. Not on, not on the Motherwell YouTube account, just on like a random one and just stick it there and then just get it punted all around Europe. He is unbelievable. Um, it's He will be Motherwell's highest ever transfer, um, I would. What is it right now? I think McFadden. Is it like 2? 1.25. Yeah, I, I think I'll be all right with that. Yeah. I think something along He will be Motherwell. He is... As long as his legs don't fall off or something I, terrible. I think as you said, he's probably you said before he's one that um, like Hasty would have, would have left me some if he wasn't a fan and yeah. wasn't someone that want you know wanted to play for Motherwell yeah. for a wee bit longer before uh, he is he is just unbelievable. And again, if if you're going to a game, I thoroughly recommend just watching Turnbull because he never gives the ball away. On Aki's, um they were roundly dreadful for the best part of an hour, and then punted uh, David McMillan. Good fucking god. Um, he's not a player by any stretch of the imagination and the guy who's Davies who I'm genuinely more athletic looking than yeah. um, and brought on uh, Oakley and Ogbo and Ogbo I quite liked him last season before again his leg fell off um, and as soon as the two of them came on he suddenly remembered how to play football because uh, again Aki's generally tidy in possession reasonably no great pressure from Motherwell, knocking the ball about reasonably comfortably. Is it but, something to worry about with Rice that he's just constantly chopping and changing the team? Because you just see like Oakley's been, to my eyes, doing all right, and then yeah. he gets binned. You see like just I think Mimno was back out of the team, and you just like, these guys come in, play a game, do all right, back out, and it's a bit of a lack of consistency. And... I don't, I, don't, I have no idea whether it was. I would, I can only imagine. Ogbo's just back from a long term injury, so that sort of makes sense. But I can only presume that Oakley wasn't fit because I, I can't. Having watched McMillan um, for the best part of an hour, I can't think of any any reason whatsoever. Tell me that he just needs to stop uh, going to Ireland for Yeah, stop it. It's, it's, it's just not going to work. Um, speaking of, I don't know, I don't even have a link for this. Uh, Livingston 1, St Mirren 3, which again probably confirms St Mirren just at the, at the very least playoff. Fair, fair play on the recent form from really four, four wins and <coughs> four wins and seven was it? Um, three, I think three, three wins, wins and three, three wins and seven having won three in twenty six previously. Yeah, um, and it was good. Mm. The, that there was very, it was very 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 much bottom six defending from both teams. I thought like that was the thing that like like Livingston's goal was a really lovely goal, one touch, nice passing. But it's carved open St Mirren so easily, and then likewise, um, especially St Mirren's opening goal again, just, just running, running. Just kept running. Um, finding himself in the left back position, which is the problem of playing someone like Craig Sibold as a wing back is you, you just he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not his game. Um, and nice to go and all that, and um, I, I love to start on um, sports scene, which was the twenty second goal for St Mirren by a McGinn brother. So <laughs> <laughs> three of them have obviously um, been I, there at some point. I do really enjoy that after every like we we did this this time a little bit earlier last year when St Mirren signed Danny Mullen, and we all went, he's not a top flight signing, and then somehow Danny Mullen, like a year later, just about saving St Mirren, mm. not single handedly, but he scores the goals, oh, which yeah, are the ones yeah. which are. Absolutely vital to their survival. Um, yeah, I mean, they looked at the very least. They looked up for it, and they have like four players that are the requisite quality that to, to step up. I mean, they they did get a bit lucky that uh, Halkett was sent off so early on, and Gary Holt said after the game that obviously had a, a massive. Um, I mean, Guy Holt's basically on holiday. He was like, "Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a real shame he got sent off. It'd have been a different game, but you know, see you next season, guys." Just, um, uh, just furiously typing up his semi CV in the park every day, like, guys, guys. Um, but yeah, they 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 looked up for it, and they could, considering they went behind, 
it could easily have been you know, you've lost you've lost a, a, a living loser player and they immediately score and you do if you're in that kind of scrap like Dundee I think would have folded in I, was about, I was about to say that like it's, it's, the, it's the polar opposite of Dundee because Dundee have had chances throughout the season to pick up points and just never take them this one like as you say even a goal down just but we're still well in this. It's only 20 minutes into the game. There's still 70 minutes to go. Um, I saw there's a couple of people suggesting, again, the, the substitutions that Kearney made at the right, just at the right time and just doing things properly. Um, and like you say, just grabbing the opportunity when it presents itself. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to win the game in the first 25 minutes, but just make sure you're still in the game after that. Yeah, they hung in and within a couple of minutes were, you know, ahead and then fully, you know, uh, away home um, with the points and you know fully deserved and the, the, I mean the guys like like when Simeon Jackson came in I think I thought I think everyone thought this guy's a bit better than yeah. everything they've got and he's been very inconsistent I think it was only his like fifth or sixth of the season but they've not really had anyone like they've not really had a catalyst or anyone that can anyone that would form, like yeah. would be getting on top of a goalkeeper when he makes a mistake like that other than other than him um but as, as well as that, just even throughout the team, like uh, Pladke was maybe culpable for the for the for the Livingston goal, and then sort of ten minutes later puts himself and just throws himself in a challenge to make sure that he doesn't concede again. Mm-hmm. I think they, I think Simon just scored. He threw his body in it as well. It's not a case nobody's heads going yeah, down. Yeah, it's, it's not going down all season. They had yeah. to run, well, they, they just kept losing every week, but they were they were still turning up and I, I think that's I mean I, I don't I don't rate him as a manager I think a lot of credit has to go to Kearney for that he has been nothing but positive all the way yeah. through the season he's always kind of back to players the fans have been on board with him and I think that's helped I think the fact that they've this is their first time in the top flight for a while has helped because I've just went like well we know we're going to be in a battle whereas yeah. Dundee expects not to be um, and, and it's all helped there's been a positivity despite them being fairly shit for much of the season I would be I, at the end of the season. I mean, they've obviously given themselves a more than fighting chance of at least only being in the playoffs. If not, they've got their, their last two games of the season are the Hamilton game and then Dundee, who will probably be gone by yep. that point. Um, so they've got a, a good fighting chance. I would be fascinated to hear what his transfer recruitment policy was, just for him to talk about. <laughs> he's like, you know, like, a guy comes from another league and you think, right, he's obviously got his contacts or maybe he's been down south and he's got contacts there. But he's brought in... There's no consistency whatsoever. No, not at all. Like, guys who've played in the Romanian league and <laughs> Czech league and, you know, internationals that have been played at championship level. Is it like other people are offering them these players, presumably? Who's who's counselling on this? Who's good? To, because out of that, they've sort of got enough that will probably keep them up like, again is, you, you find that just about every team obviously at the end of the season is better than it is at the start of the season except Dundee um, <laughs> but the Smirin team that's going to finish the season I think would be 7th 8th generally it's, they're, yeah. they're, they're, not, they're not magic but again I think that's enough the, the players that they've brought in particularly in January are so much better than the do, players do you think they they're actually better than St Johnston and Morrow though I think they are oh, all miles away from it. I could see them being about a levy level of. All right, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I just, I just think there's still guys there that are not yeah. top flight players. But yeah, fair enough. Um, and that leaves us uh, Easter Sunday at Easter Road, the line which has been done to death. So I thought I'd do it one more time. Um, where Hecky's a little bit in love with his house team. Yeah, and 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 rightly so. They, um, I think it was a, it was a very bad match for Neil Lennon I think in, in two ways obviously uh, first of all Heckenbottom's showing what he couldn't laterally get out of Hibs that they were a balanced attacking side that were solid defensively good going forward pacey without over committing themselves but also showed the real limitations of, of his Celtic team at the moment who are like kind of stumbling towards the title yeah. and probably a treble but without any kind of finesse and a, a shadow of the side. I mentioned Ronnie Dyla Celtic. It's just, it's just, it's just a sh- there's just, there's no flair. There's no quality. There's nothing interesting about them. They're just there. They're winning games because, of course, they are. They're just, yeah, they're just not fun in any way. And I was saying, like, I, I was kind of relying on them from a Kelly point of view to win yesterday to keep Hibs 
I mean, the draw's not terrible, but to keep Hibs as far back as possible and then I'm potentially backing them or relying on them to win the cup final. With Rodgers' team, I'd be like, oh, we're going to go and... Yeah, they'll win it 2-3, nothing easy. Yeah, and, and they'll, they'll easily beat Hearts in the cup final. Now I'm like, I, I don't trust them. The only thing I really have to add to this is, once again, that I, while he's a little bit in love with Hibs' team, I'm a, more than a little bit in love with Stefan Oyonga, particularly, <laughs> that I discovered... Uh, via a tennis podcast contact that he watched Braveheart a couple of days ago and fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so Stefan Omeonga is fully committed to, to being in Scotland and his, he, his English, he appears to be learning English off of my Quran because he just says cheers to everything. Oh, cheers! <laughs> it's uh, now uh, four, four matches that I win against the top four for him. So, um, so Heckenbottom, I think, needs to really get improve yep. on that. Yeah. Um, no, but, uh, he's... The next step for him is um, with these big games coming up. Um, yeah. If Hibs want to finish fourth, which I think they can, they are probably going to have to, at the very least, beat Hearts and Kelly um, and probably take something off Aberdeen. I think that's right. Again, when you, when you phrase it like that, that's entirely possible because Hearts um, are garbage. And, so, and, and yeah, they, they come down to Rugby Park and, and I certainly don't want to have to beat them in yeah. that game. Um, and then, and then, obviously, they see what happens in other games. But uh, I was joking about it. But when he's played the better teams in the league, he's tended to get draws. Yep. He lost Celtic in the cup. He drew with Celtic. He drew with Rangers. Um, drew with Kelly. Beat Hearts. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it, he's not played Aberdeen yet. It'll be interesting to see how it all um, all goes with that. But he has taken hips from from a team who couldn't be trusted to beat anyone. You now expect them to beat the shit teams, and you expect them to be competitive, and that's what you want if you're. Yeah. Hibs, if you're Hearts, if you're Aberdeen, if you're yeah. Kelly, anybody like that. All you want to be, do is when you get to the top six, to be able to contest it. Yeah. I mean, he does seem to have got. Um, <coughs> I mean, um, Marciano had a really good game. Um, Hor- the Horgan who started the season got him back. Seems like we've got him back and, and firing. He's got Malin back to the start of the season, Malin, rather than the one that. Uh, but you're watching you say Marciano you're watching him there and you remember that Lennon was picking Bogdan ahead of yeah. him and you're like that, that baffled me the whole time I said it several times Marciano's just a better keeper yep he's also not ginger so on that stunning note uh, that's us for this week I uh, hope you've really enjoyed it uh, we are off to record the Textra which is going to be us rating the last 20 years of Scotland managers so that should be Fun, I reckon. <laughs> cathartic. <laughs> no, I think cathartic. And once you get to the top of the list, okay, bottom of the list, but that's where the fun is. Um, but yeah, you can subscribe to that by visiting patreon.com slash podcast. As always, the TV show that was inspired by this podcast will once again be on BBC Scotland on Friday night at 11 o'clock. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for listening. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Cheers. Thank you, Graham. Podcast Network.